0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Andrea Bogart is the CEO and owner of The Lady Shooting Journal. And I wanted to have her on the podcast because she has a really fascinating entry into hunting um, that spans from an anti hunting, sort of vegan, vegetarian perspective to a true understanding of what hunting actually means. It's a short, sharp conversation, just how we like it, about someone who got introduced to hunting very late in life and really has their head on straight when it comes to understanding what hunting means to them. So enjoy. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins, and that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's it's more than just killing animals. How do hey. I start it, Brittany? My name. my name
2: is My hair look okay? It's fantastic.
1: My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Rex, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm there's a perception around who hunters are what we're supposed to be and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter
2: <laughs>
0: i yeah. complained to my that, i complained to that. my
1: uk cinematographers that they don't ever give me any good sweets i'm a big sweets guy and ah, um, so
2: what's your palate do you like nuts chocolate
1: no no swedish gum fish like swedish fish literally swedish fish was the bomb when i was a south african 10 years oh i'm still a south african but <laughs> 20 say, years ago change? 25 years ago when um now i've been in this country 20 years so now we're talking 35 years ago when americans used to come to south africa to study and i was in the field with these americans they would bring like the the big like gallon box of swedish fish for me so um huge fan of that um but i'm into the haribo gummies but you can't get the proper haribo gummies here in the united states okay so the uh Slots Media Boys, who are the guys that are my cinematography crew out of the UK that go to New Zealand for me and Africa for me and stuff like that. The last trip we were on, they brought like family bags of Haribo. Good ones. And um <laughs> uh, I'm going to
2: have to write that down. I've never tried those.
1: Yeah, Haribo's good. You just don't get the good stuff here. So just, they're good. Don't get me wrong. The star mix is good. The I think these are called like dueling snakes or something, which is like sweet and sour. But anyway, huh. just rambling. Right. Just rambling. Yes,
2: I, I, have to, I have to write that down because I'm always looking for interesting tidbits. So mm-hmm. not, a, not a big sweets person, but a lot of clients are.
1: I spent the entire weekend uh, with Fritz, by the way.
2: Oh, how's Fritzy?
1: The same old, same old. Looks like a cat <laughs> scratched him on his face after falling down an escalator.
2: Uh, did he fall down another escalator?
1: Oh no 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 no! I'm sure he. Okay. He is not. And Russ and him have had like I think strict instructions from Russ's girl to say look after each other, Tweedledee and Tweedledum kind of scenario.
2: <laughs> Wait, which one is Tweedledum? That's what I want to know.
1: I'm not saying. <laughs>
2: So which show did you just get back from? Was it the Western Hunt Expo?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I spent How a couple it? of days there. It was good. It was good. It's a really cool show. What I loved about it is this is when you looked around the room and you sort of guessed the median age in the place, it was probably thirty five mm-hmm. to forty five. Median age. Really? Mm-hmm. It was really that good. Is and then you had like fantastic. Then you had gaggles of like, you know, 14-year-old guys and 15-year-old kids with flat-brim hats running around, you know. It's just the culture there. It's just, um, it's different. It's not a Dallas Safari Club or SEI, which, you know, you, you typically find a much older demographic walking around. It's very, very young. Right. Very, very, um, yeah. it's very promising.
2: That is the, That provides a lot of hope. I'm, I'm glad to hear that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Andrea Bogard, welcome to the Blood Origins Podcast.
2: Well, thank you. I'm excited to be Lady here.
1: Lady, shooter, journal, owner, extraordinaire.
2: <laughs> that That is one of the hats I wear, yes, sir. <laughs> well,
1: go ahead and introduce yourself uh, for those that may not know who you are.
2: Absolutely. Uh, my name is Andrea Bogard. I am... A Northern Michigan native, and I still reside in Northern Michigan. Um, I am about three weeks away from the Big 4-0, so I'm really excited about that. Um, I have two wonderful boys. They are 16 and 8, and a fabulous ex-husband. Uh, we were married almost 18 years, and he is a marvelous human being. I could not ask for a better man to raise kids with. Um, I've been a competitive shooter since about 12. I started with handgun and worked my way into shotgunning and uh, became an instructor at 18. I was the youngest NSCA instructor uh, in the nation at that particular point in time at 18 years and three months. Um, And then uh, I just kind of took a hiatus from the hunting and shoot well from shooting. I was not a hunter. And uh, my... My now ex-husband um, was a hunter and and is a hunter and took me out a few times but it was overall kind of an uninspiring experience but we can circle back to that mm. uh, and then uh, in my well let's see it would be mid 30s so about five years ago uh, I decided that I needed I needed something for me and I wasn't sure what that was and I'd been shooting for a long time and uh, I'd been hunting once I' harvested one deer um, but it I really didn't feel like I got what I should have out of the experience, um, and uh, I decided at 34 I am going to drive across the country and uh, I'm going to go on a pheasant hunt. So I packed up my suburban and uh, shotguns, and I met up with 17 women I had never met before out in South Dakota and went on a pheasant hunt. So that would be the wonderful Kirsty Pike who owns Prous out of Colorado. Okay. And uh, hit the ground running with hunting. So I've followed Blood Origins for a while now and the stories, they resonate so much because mm-hmm. the the whole experience of hunting, it's so visceral and it's it's so based in it's so based in the in these primal concepts. And I, I think it's it's experienced a little differently, not better or worse, but differently um, when you don't grow up doing it, when it's not something in the DNA that you're raised in but rather the DNA that you're born with, but you don't discover until later in life. So the, the work that you do just absolutely inspires me, and I love listening to it. So well, thank you so much it. for the opportunity. Oh,
1: Thank you for the, the humbling and kind words. Uh, days like today, it doesn't seem like it's, you know, they, they say it's a thankless job, and it certainly is. When you post about wolves, like I'm posting today on Instagram, it's just like a denigrating conversation, unfortunately. So. Um, Yes. No, uh, so, really, the reason I wanted to have you on is because I read a little bit about sort of your sort of your introduction to to being a hunter, and I think I wanted to just explore that a little bit and just talk through that and let people that listen to this because we have a very diverse audience that are hunters and non-hunters and people looking to hunt and you know all sorts of things across the board. So. You didn't grow up a hunter?
2: I did not, no.
1: But you grew up in Michigan?
2: I grew up in Michigan. (laughs) Yes.
1: Like one of the most outdoorsy hunting states that there is.
2: Yes, very true. I actually grew up, though, even though I did start shooting in my teens, I actually grew up in a fairly anti-gun household, at least as far as uh, my mom was concerned. Um, my dad had guns, but it was not something that was um, discussed or touched on, or really condoned uh, in any way, shape, or form around my mom. Um, so that was that was a very interesting conundrum. To well, how would you do, do con- that
1: if you if you started shooting at twelve if everyone was anti gun in the house?
2: <laughs> well. One day, it was a beautiful August Saturday, my mom was down visiting her mother, and my dad, uh, who was the father to two daughters, said, hey, it's a beautiful day, let's go to the range. So mm. he, he took his daughter, who uh, that, me, uh, who had been a competitive figure skater, and ballet dancer, singer, um, pianist, the whole thing, and uh, we went to the range. And I fell in love with it. And one of the incredible things about the gun range uh, that, that has been my experience, at least over the last 25 years or so, is how open everybody is and how they, they really want to bring you into the fold. Uh, so at 12 years old, never picked up a gun before. I started with my dad's 22. And by the end of the day, I had shot a handful of nines, 45, 44. Um, a whole host of different platforms, 1911s, Glocks, um, assortment of polymer-type frames, um, all the way up to a four fifty four Casul, which was really, it was such a fun introduction, and i never, I have never forgotten that day, and I've never your, forgotten. Your
1: dad people. had all these guns, or they were just there to be used?
2: No, all the guys at the range did.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. They
2: just kept handing me guns and handing me ammo and say, here you go, try it, have fun. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I've had so many incredible experiences at the range, but there's nothing that quite parallels that, that first day of just being able to experience all that. So
1: So didn't grow up hunting. What was your first exposure to, well, let me, before this, let me ask this. Did you have a, a perception? of hunting and hunters?
2: I did. Yeah, I had a, a very negative one. Um, so in my teens, I actually uh, became a vegetarian for a while. And then I went full on vegan. Um, did that for about two years. I was not real successful at it. Um, but uh, my my reasoning wasn't so much, uh, you know, save the animals type thing. It It was more of a health thing at that time for me. Uh, because I was running a lot, I was dancing, um, and I, I was trying to get as lean as I possibly could. And uh, little did I know that the dietary choices that I was making actually had the opposite effect. Yeah.
1: But
2: I mean, that's that's a whole separate conversation. Um, but I, I met a guy when I was uh, 19, and he was a hunter. And uh, I was not not happy with that I just I couldn't understand why he had to go out and kill animals that was so it was so inhumane why couldn't he just go to the grocery store like everybody else and get his meat that way I mean why do you have to kill them um that was that that was the narrative that was playing in my head uh and so I I was at the point we dated for four or five months and uh I was actually at the point where I was most likely going to break up with him because he was a hunter and he had taken me hunting once or twice. And it wasn't a great experience because not so much from the standpoint of getting something or not getting something because he he didn't shoot anything either time that I went. Um, but I didn't have clothes that fit. Um, I was cold. Um, and I was honestly very afraid of heights. Uh, and so climbing me up a rickety ladder into a tree stand and sitting for four hours in the cold in clothes that weren't mine and that didn't fit wasn't a real like promotional bell ringer when it came to yes i want to go out and do this again so um i was getting ready to break up with him and i went on a photo safari in yellowstone uh so i was i graduated from college uh i graduated a little bit early And I kind of was taking a little bit of a break to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I knew photography was a big thing for me. And so I went on this photo safari out in Yellowstone. And uh, the the entire group, I I would say the makeup of the group was very anti hunter. Um, It was all. But so were um, you, right? So was I, yes. So I, I spent four or five days just percolating in the juices of. This anti hunting sentiment and was fully committed to breaking up with him when we got home, or when I got home. And uh, ended up one night, we're sitting in a snowbank in like January in Yellowstone. It's 30 below, and there's this beautiful, beautiful vista um, of uh, like this field, and there's this tree line, and we can see a whole bunch of uh, cow elk yarded up. Uh, in this, this tree line. And all of a sudden, we hear this, this howl. And out in the middle of the field, right on top of this little rise, there is a wolf. We watch it and it, it turns fork like, like it really turns like in a compass and howls each time. Mm. And it was the eeriest thing because it was, it was dark, the moon was up. And it was something just out of a movie. It, that's the only way I could describe it. Um, the lighting was perfect. The air had that just eviscerating cold. You know, mm-hmm. you, you breathe mm-hmm. in and it just sears your lungs. Um, and so the the elk they were getting restless. And uh, about a half a dozen of them came out of the trees. And at this time, about four or five other um, wolves had come out and joined this other one. And so we actually watched as these, these elk kind of made their way out of the tree line, we actually watched um, these wolves take down one of the smaller cows toward the back. And I thought to myself, especially after hearing, like the, the sound is what really stuck with me, after hearing that and watching that and you, you see the, the fresh kill on the snow, it's like, okay. A humane hunter, a humane kill from a hunter has got to be at least on par or better with what Mother Nature can dish out. And so at that point, I I was open to learning more. I wasn't convinced I wanted to hunt, but I was open to the possibility that Mother Nature was really cruel, and I'd never experienced that quite in that manner. And so there might be something to the -hmm. hunting. It might not be as bad as I think it is. Uh, So I came home with a different perspective. Um, I ended up not breaking up with him. I married him.
1: How did people Um, qualify the... How did did those people maybe on the tour, if they did any... Did anybody qualify why it was okay, humane, not humane? Um, You know, what I'm trying to get at here is... uh, the, the anti-hunting establishment will say that that's okay mm-hmm. because that's natural.
2: I think, that, I think that that is one rationale. Um, honestly, and I, I wish I had been a little bit older and had a stronger, um, mm, I guess a broader view. I wish I would have asked more questions in that situation Um, because there was so much to that experience. And I think we were all so uh, just shocked by, by watching that and experiencing that and seeing that there really wasn't any dialogue after that. Um, It it was the quietest ride back to the hotel out of the entire week. Mm. Uh, Nobody had anything to say. Um, And my, my worst regret is I had a hard drive crash shortly after that, and I don't have any of the pictures from that. Wow, so man. that's the worst part. <laughs> um, but I, in hindsight, I would love to revisit that group of people, and knowing what I know now and knowing what I do, I would love to I would love to have those conversations, because mm-hmm. I didn't know what conversations to have at that point.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's a fascinating. Um, it's it's a fascinating argument and dialogue because it, it one, firstly, I think at the core of the matter is determining whether humans are apart from nature or a part. Of oh, nature. I love that.
2: That's a very distinct difference, isn't it?
1: Not really. It's the same word, just broken into two parts.
2: <laughs> True. <laughs> Uh, distinct intent how about that
1: (laughs) yeah it is it's the intent that if you do you believe that the human race is intricately tied in with the ecosystem or do you think we are a separate and apart from the ecosystem and for all intents and purposes from the beginning of humankind we have been intrinsically connected to mother nature Mm -hmm. and her cycles and we've been on the earth you know not in the abundance that we are today and not with the industrial scale of technology that we have today of course but we've been a part of mother nature since however you want to determine whether you're creationist or uh you know evolutionist or um what is um a bioecologist no no it's not a, not a bioecologist it's a there's another term for someone, and I actually fit into that world, which is, it's like not a bioethicist; it's a biologan or something like that, which means you believe both in creation and evolution.
2: And it's called a what?
1: Um, I cannot remember. I'm making huh. shit up now. Biologan <laughs> is not it. Um,
2: well, uh, you're good at it.
1: Yeah. Well, you got to bullshit with confidence when you when you like <laughs> say something like again. That. Um, that is true. It's, I can't remember what it is, but it's, I'll have to look it up. I've got a book about it. Um, okay. In which you because that's certainly believe in evolution system. and as evolution exists and you can see it and you can show examples of it. Certainly there's lots of missing links that are still sort of um, out there, you know, for you to try and discover. But then you also believe that there's a greater power that has infinite wisdom and infinite, in, infinite intelligence that... Why would he not put this sort of breadcrumb trail for you to discover and for you to to work with and to put your mind to and to to grow in your intelligence, and when you get to heaven one day he's going to be he's going to be like, "Ah, you were close, but this you got wrong, this you got wrong, and you're like, "Ah shit." that's right
2: <laughs> I love that approach, though it's very dynamic
1: it's just you know it's how I think of things and. You know, as you look in the if you look in the Bible and you break it down scientifically in terms of, um, you know, you know the, the whether a day is a day or whether a day is you know ten million years kind of scenario, and you know if you look at species of animals being looked at as kinds, and you've got one kind of canid that created all canids, one kind of felid that created all felids, and one kind of bovid that created all bovids. Um, then scientifically again you can look at Noah's Ark and you can fit all these t- kinds of animals in there scientifically mm-hmm. with the mathematical how much food they need, how much water they need how much space they need yeah it's um. sort of just where I, where I sit
2: I, I think that is especially with what you do I, I think that that is a a beautifully open and positive perspective
1: yeah but I and just it's can't effective. remember what it's called <laughs>
2: okay well there is that fatal flaw (laughs) yeah definite fatal
1: flaw so in you've obviously now been hunting for quite some time um 10 last 10 years or so or five Uh, years you said five years right
2: yep yeah my uh i i went on the proist pheasant hunt uh november 2017
1: so what, what made you decide to make this switch? Like, what was the why? What was the, for someone listening to say, well, I've hunted once or twice, but what made you like say, okay, no, I'm serious. I want to do this more.
2: Uh, it, it was a very specific moment. Um, and I actually wrote an article about it a couple of years ago. Um, and I was actually writing for someone else. And I was finally able to kind of distill down um, what's my why. Um, you know why why did I start? Um, and the biggest thing for me at that particular moment was based on all of the other um, circumstances that I was in at the time um, personally, professionally um, as a mom, I felt like I was was constantly in um, I felt like I was constantly in the prey like I did not feel like I had any uh, any say or any um, any ability to affect my circumstance or my environment, uh, I felt as though I was in a gerbil wheel. Of um, I all I did was sleep, raise kids, and and work. And I loved what I did, but I'd been doing it since I was seventeen years old, and uh, I've owned the same company uh, since I was seventeen. And I I just needed. I needed something that made me feel competent, capable, strong, uh, and, and confident. I was completely lacking that at that particular point in life. And um, so I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try this. I know my way around a shotgun. Um, I've never met these women before. And I haven't done anything for myself in 13 years. So um, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. And, if it turns out great, if it doesn't, it's all right. It's an adventure. And so at that moment, the moment that I decided I wanted to start hunting, um, I knew I wanted to say yes to adventures. I wanted to say yes to life. I didn't, I didn't feel happy anymore letting, letting life pass by. I, I, wanted to be, um, I wanted to be a dominant force uh, within the world around me. I didn't want to be a spectator. Yeah. Uh, i i wanted to I wanted to get involved, and I wanted to get my hands dirty. And I didn't know what that looked like. Um, and i I didn't know if I would be any good at it. I didn't know, you know, when that rooster goes up, am I going to be able to pull the trigger? I know I can hit it, but mm-hmm. it, am I actually going to be able to overcome that that moment in my mind, that split second decision, and pull the trigger? And how will I feel after? Um, So I went out. I had an incredible time. I felt as though I opened the door to a a part of me that had been partitioned off. Uh, It had always been there, but I felt as though I was able to open the door into that space. And for the first time in my life, my soul wasn't divided. It it was there was congruency. There was alignment. There was um, there there was there was flow. I go to the chiropractor every Monday, and I can tell if I miss an appointment because I don't feel like I have my energy flowing the way that it needs to. and And for me, that's um, that. That's what hunting and everything that's surrounding it the the people, the conversations, the the being outside, the 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 shooting, the the practice, the the mental game prep um all of that brings that congruency together for me does that make mm-hmm.
1: sense well it does but i, I guess maybe a, a question is: why do you feel like hunting did could do that for you why didn't you feel like you could go do, do something else from an adventure perspective um, or was it just the thing that came along first and you were like oh, i'm just gonna do it and then that was that
2: Part of it was um, it, at that point I was grasping for some type of commonality uh, with my spouse, and he hunted, and I thought, okay, maybe I can kill a couple birds with one stone here, mm-hmm. and I can, I can not only open up this door to a piece of me I feel is missing as far as the competence and the confidence and um, the passion for life. Uh, but we can do something together and there will be something there that we can talk about and discuss besides children.
1: That makes sense. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So where are we today?
2: So where are we today? Um, I have had the opportunity, um, through absolutely divine intervention, uh, to hunt places that were way out of my Uh, my realm, um, both skill-wise and just life opportunity-wise. But doors opened and uh, I've been able to hunt Alaska. I've been able to hunt Africa, South America, uh, through a lot of the work that I've done through different conservation organizations. I've hunted 19 states in the U.S., Um, whether actually being behind the gun or the bow or documenting others. um, I've been able to be boots on the ground in a lot of places, and I am I am so grateful because it has opened up um, it's opened up ways for me, especially to connect with my oldest, uh, who's sixteen. Uh, he is one of the most passionate outdoorsmen I've ever encountered. Um, he his first love is really fishing, um, but uh, he he's an amazing hunter, amazing shooter. Um, but the the thing with, that I found with the hunting world. Is the people are absolutely magnificent. They are they're so diverse. I mean, as you said, you know the the difference between a, like a DSC or an SCI and the Western Hunt Expo, and there's there are so many different uh, groups of people. It's it's a melting pot of humanity, and I love the stories. I I truly believe that my favorite moments are sitting at a hunting camp um, with a glass of whiskey and a cigar around a fire (laughs) and listening (laughs) to the stories. I, I, I love them. I absolutely love them. I love soaking them in. I, I love the moments that people relay over and over again. And, uh, you, you feel like you were there. And I love that aspect of, um, of hunting the camp and the stories. And I didn't realize, um, Until this year, just due to scheduling and things, I didn't really have a hunting camp experience. And I did not realize how, just how critical that is, at least to me. Um, Now it did open up some really other, uh, or some really amazing other opportunities and insights into hunting and why I love it. Um, But that's definitely something that that ranks up there in importance is the camp, the community.
1: Well, certainly, you know, woman hunters are the fastest growing demographic in the hunting space right now. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, stories like that about how people get into hunting and why you hunt is certainly important to that demographic. Um, have you experienced any sort of negativity as a woman hunter?
2: Um, you know, it's funny. I had this conversation the other night, um, on a, a podcast for uh, a local bird guide, um, I can't say that I have, um, I I truly, I I think that you're going to meet people you aren't crazy about in any situation. Um, to be absolutely brutally honest, the only negative experience I have ever had as a hunter was actually with another woman hunter. Mm. Um, and I think one of the things that I love about hunting is it. It should be, and it is for the most part, uh, a place in a space where it's very primal and you check your ego at the door. And you are there in a sacred pursuit. That's how I look at it.
1: Andrea, this is the hunting industry. It's full of ego. (laughs) Nobody checks their ego at the door. Come on now.
2: Let's be reality. I don't see it. I don't see it, though. Oh, my God. Have you not
1: been on social media lately?
2: You know, I try to ignore it, actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, ignorance um, isn't bliss in this scenario. So, I, it's...
2: No, it's not. And, and I, I know that on social media and with the keyboard warriors, yes, you have tons of ego. But what I'm referring to is when you're actually out in the field and you're actually behind the gun, that, that's what I'm talking about hunting. I'm not talking about all the bullshit that you see at the conventions and the guys who are talking about, well, you know, you can't shoot this at that because of all these reasons. Um, I'm talking about the hair and the scope. I'm talking about when you are, when it's just you and the animal. And I get the opportunity to stand there beside a lot of hunters and not hunt. I just get to absorb the experience. And I love I love those moments when the mm-hmm. egos are checked at the door. To me, that's that's hunting. The rest of it's just life. Mm-hmm. There there are going to be egocentric jerks everywhere, whether it's in the hunting industry, fishing, surfing, skiing, whatever it is. Um, you, you're going to find that. But yep. I like those real moments when you're actually in the field. That's when the ego should be checked at the door, and that's mostly what I see.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. No, I don't. I don't get to hunt very much at all anymore for myself, and really do I get to hunt with people. So um, <laughs> I just don't have that experience, and um, no, it's, it's good to hear. It's really good to hear.
2: Yes. I, I had an opportunity last year, uh, last year or two years ago, um, Federal and um, Vista uh, hired me to go on a hunt. Uh, it was an all-women's hunt uh, out in Wyoming. And, uh, for the record, this was not the negative female hunter experience. Okay, that was okay. a different, different event. Um, but I had, I had this opportunity and I wasn't going to take it because from a, a timing standpoint, it just, it wasn't ideal, but they reached out about two weeks before the event again and said, Andre, we'd really like you to come and, and do this. We could staff it out internally, but we're not going to have the fresh eyes. Like we can have our own company and people write, you know, what we want, but, um so the my my hunter that i was focusing on uh her name was rue map and uh she is a ceo okay you know who she is san francisco um, yep outdoor afro
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and it was it was one of the most amazing hunts to be on um i hunted with her every day and she hunted hard she had every type of of hunting style that you could possibly imagine. We did spot and stalk, you know, crawling on our belly through sagebrush. Um, we went up and sat in a stand. We brushed in blinds down in the timber. We did everything. So with like eight minutes of light on the last night, she got a beautiful buck. She made a perfect shot. Um, and her her grace and her just her internalization of the process throughout the whole thing was, was amazing, but there was one picture. And even with all the camera gear I was carrying, there was one picture and I got it with my phone, um, that I took of her, uh, cause all my camera gear was in the truck and she was standing there, um, getting ready to go, uh, up into the blind. And she had her gun slung up and she was standing there and she was praying. And I talked to her later after I got the picture and we got in for the night and uh, she, she told me that she had been praying for the, the grace to see and know whatever it was that she was supposed to learn from this process. And I took so much from that because so many times we are so outcome focused Mm -hmm. and the, the performance aspect of it. And she was so immersed in the process. Mm-hmm. and that was just an awesome lesson for me because i am i'm looking for the story i'm looking to to tell the story i'm looking for the you know the pictures looking for the images all that but to just sit and soak up the process that was such a great reminder
1: mhm well i'm sure that um somebody listening to this is is saying the same thing about you know potentially what you're saying and and your journey up until now um it it's, it's, you know, it's certainly a fascinating story, and that's why I wanted to have you on. Uh, we like short, sharp, hard-hitting conversations, which is what this <laughs> is, has been. Uh, Andrea, if someone wants to reach out to you, find out more about you, where can they find you?
2: Absolutely. Um, so you can find me on Facebook, uh, Andrea Sutton Bogard. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, um, heritage underscore Andrea Bogard. Um, and reach out to me and I'll tell you the story behind that one. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you can also find me, uh, through my publication, ladieshooterjournal.com. Um, and, uh, it, if you pick up any one of a whole number of magazines, um, you will probably see an article or a gun review or a bow review, uh, that I have done at some point as well.
1: So. Outstanding. Outstanding, Andrew. Well, don't freeze your butt off. I know it's Michigan. <laughs> And uh, it's not as cold as it down here, but I appreciate your time.
2: Absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate you.
1: Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.